This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Before we jump into Season 2 of Ex-Wives Undercover, let's do a quick recap. In Season 1, we learned all about Athena and Amber's relationship timeline with Ben. And in the last episode, they are now the A-Team, uncovering all sorts of lies and shocking details of Ben's indiscretions. Sydney is revealing more and more information, including a three-car accident that she was involved in. And then, when things couldn't get any crazier, they learn about two new affairs, Deanna and another woman from Norway who told them all about Ben ghosting her in Los Angeles and faking that he was in a coma. Now back to the story. Season 2, Episode 1, Backstabbed. Welcome to Ex-Wives Undercover. Liars, cheaters, and love cons. I'm Amber. And I'm Athena. First we told our story, and now we're sharing all of your craziest and most heart-wrenching stories of love gone wrong. Sometimes we laugh. And sometimes we cry. But more importantly, we we stand stand together. together. All right, girl. You ready to do this? Let's do it. The views, information, or opinions expressed on our show by our guests are solely the views of those individuals involved and by no means represent absolute facts. Opinions expressed by the host and guests may change at any time. Our podcast and YouTube show may at times cover sensitive topics, including but not limited to suicide, abuse, violence. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. I will never forget Valentine's Day 2019. After dropping off Sydney's gift from Disneyland to Ben, I ended up staying and witnessing the craziest day of my life. After entrapping me in his townhouse, threatening to slit his wrists and then kill Athena and Avery, I managed to escape to my car and never look back. Unfortunately, it wasn't a bad dream because the next day the saga continued. My phone rang off the hook from family, friends, police officers, and the relentless calls from Ben in jail. Like, he was pissed. I mean, I'm like, I just told, I didn't know that by telling the truth, your ass was going to get thrown in jail. I had no idea. I just told the police officer, honestly, what happened. And that is attempted murder. (laughs) So those words came out of your mouth. And So he was, you know, he gets obsessive and he was just calling and calling and calling and calling. And, um, and, and I could tell immediately because, you know, those, those calls are recorded and I could tell what he was doing. Same with with Sydney. Like, that's not what you saw, Sydney, right? Like this or that. And and so he's always up to something. Yeah. So he was trying to get me to change what happened? Like, Amber, you know, I wasn't going to kill anyone. You know, it was just a figure of speech or whatever. I was like, no, you said those words. I was horrified. Then he's mad. And then he wants me to pay for a lawyer. I'm like, no. So I ended up having to block the jail from calling me and not answering the calls. Cause I'm like, I'm not putting any money on my credit card. I am so in debt because of you. Yeah. No, you still didn't even know how in debt at this point you were. Exactly. That's yet to come. 
Things were happening at such a fast pace. My mind was spinning. I knew with Ben being in jail for the next few days that it was my only chance to get him served with divorce papers. As you know by now, he has been evading it in the weeks leading up to Valentine's Day. We got a domestic violence advocate started working with us through um, the Bothell Courthouse and we were on like a group chat or something. You mentioned something about divorce papers and getting them served and she said, well, maybe we could try to, didn't she, didn't yes. she suggest, why don't you try to get him served? We, you know where he'll be. Get him exactly. served in court. I mean, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Yay. Cause he yeah. would evade it. He can evade somebody was, serving him like nobody's business. He's a professional. Oh, he is. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe kicking him while he's down slightly. Like here's your divorce papers on top of it. All. But after all of that, I mean, that was the only way I was going to be able to get him served. So, I mean, it sucked. It wasn't the nicest thing to do, but it's all I had yeah. at that moment. And so I'm sure he could probably tell everyone like, I'm such a horrible person <laughs> kicking him while he's down, but no, it was smart. Sorry. Athena and I also agreed that I needed to wash my hands of this mess that Ben got himself into. It wasn't my problem anymore. And so we immediately called his family and a few close friends to give them the heads up. His family was going to have to step in now and deal with deal with it. And I know that he talks to his mother often. And so I did know that she would be concerned when she tried to get a hold of him. And we were not clear on how long he was going to be in jail at all. Um, we also knew that he was very good at hiding a lot from his family, especially his father. Mm -hmm. And so, but we knew that the right thing to do would be to call them and just let him know where he was um, and let them deal with it. But I'm, I'm going to let you take that away because boy, did that backfire. Oh my gosh. I always liked his dad. He was gruff. Me too. Very matter of fact, but he was a straight shooter and he reminded me of my own father. Maybe we were too long winded. I don't know, but he basically told his wife to hang up on us and I don't want to hear about his goddamn love life and hung up on us. And I was right about right to say, well, like his love life is why his ass is in jail right now. Maybe you yeah. should stay on the it's phone. It's none of my business. What he wants to do with his love life is his personal business. And I don't give a shit. And I'm like, whoa, they wanted information. I didn't feel like we were, it's like we couldn't even get a start to the conversation. No. I don't even think we were able to give any information. Really? Other than he's in jail. So, okay, I guess find out the information yourself. You're on your own. I was really frustrated. Like, you haven't even listened. Like, we're not gossiping. Is that what you think we're doing? I, I had that vibe. Both of us were like, uh, did, uh, uh, did that just happen? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah. He, he fucking told us off. I mean, oh, yeah. his wife was like, um, uh, uh, and she was like flustered because he's like, hey, I'm hey, I'm hey, the food. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, shit. You're in trouble. Okay, well, yeah. I just felt like I tried. We reached out to Ben's Aunt Julie first and then scheduled a group call with his mom, Barb. And let's just say that didn't go over any better. Just so many things that they needed to know, but it um, it felt like they would believe us because we're like tattletaling or making their family member look bad. And so it was hard to navigate through that. And so I definitely, I first, I got a hold of Julie. 
And I did that because I feel like she is probably has the most common sense. She's the most um, with it and would, whether she liked what she was hearing or not, I feel like she would at least maybe be able to look at it a little bit more well, well roundedly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I just thought maybe she would be more open-minded and I had facts. We told her wife. everything. Yes. Yeah. And then it fell on deaf ears. She goes, I think you're just liking this because you just want any excuse to just be mean to my son. I think yeah. you're happy. This is happening. Happy that my daughter's father is a sociopath narcissist really you think this is fun for me this is taking time out of my life with my family to corner myself up in a room privately with his now wife to tell you so that he's he's sitting in jail so you're not afraid wondering why he's answering your phone calls to help you because the police are gonna be coming after you shortly because he created a fake company and your name is money laundering so uh you're welcome like I know it's hard to hear. I would want to hear that about my child. What is his family thinking? Where are they in identifying some of these red flags that should be super freaking obvious? I feel like Ben feels like he he's such a narcissist, like he's the savior. Like he is the man that got out, him and a few of the other friends, maybe one or two, and that everybody looks to him like he could do no wrong. He's this famous professional who moved to the city. And, um, but... Uh, it's interesting how people have come out of the woodworks, like we've mentioned before, anonymously or not anonymously, to tell us that they think he's been a weird fuck from the beginning and that he's done things that are just not okay and they saw red flags as well. Ben was released from jail on February 19th, 2019, and the court found sufficient facts to support charges of DV harassment an attempted unlawful imprisonment. He was ordered to wear an ankle monitor at all times. Me, Athena, and Avery all had the chance to write a victim statement to the court. And even though I could have requested jail time, I didn't. Instead, I checked the box that said, receive mental health counseling. We each received no contact orders and Ben was not to be in touch with any of us in any way. But of course, Ben never followed the rules, and once he was out, he was on a rampage. He was terrorizing you, terrorizing uh, yeah. my lawyer, terrorizing Avery. Oh, he, yes, that's uh, right. Oh, the, remember him emailing your attorney all that? Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Turning off your electricity, yes. your water. He's yes. such an asshole. Yeah, because we up. would not resend our statements. He sent a text to my landlord saying, we're, that's uh, right. Oh yeah. my gosh. We'll be vacating. And this was that's February, right. Yeah. This was February 22nd. Days before the end of the month. And he's like, we're not going to be paying for March moving forward. And I yeah. had till the end of April. She kept saying, sir, I don't want to know about your personal stuff. And he uh, kept going, and she beat me up. And I'm taking her to, I'm going to take her to court because she scratched my arm. And she busted my butt chin. And <laughs> oh, oh my God. I was so embarrassed reading those messages. I was so embarrassed. And she, she kept saying, I don't want to know about it. And he goes, well, and this and this. And I kept saying, ma'am, he's mentally ill. <laughs> Please ignore him. And we'll be paying rent. I was rent. I will dying reading that. Oh my God. I was I dying. Know. And she finally like listened to you. 
Yes. And that's the part where I was talking to you that night and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And my mom's in the background and she's like, sell, sell your wedding ring. I'm like, oh my God, totally. <laughs> so I'm talking to you and that's oh God, when I found right. that I had a fake ring. Athena didn't escape the wrath of Ben either. While working at my studio, I received a call from Ben. He had called me multiple times and would not give up. I had a restraining order against him now, and he knew that he was not allowed to call me. Sydney had come to work with me that day, and while I was declining another call from Ben yet again, Sydney informed me that she had actually reached out to her father using my cell phone earlier in the day. I told Sydney that per the court order, she would need to talk to him on speakerphone so that I could monitor the conversation to make sure he was being appropriate with her. I ignore everything and then they speak and then he's just like overriding her like, I don't talk to you. And I'm like, okay, go out because now it's, it's the point where I don't want her to hear how rude he is and she's so mad like she hangs up on him at one point but finally once yeah once he gets me on the phone my um very good friend Lori she's amazing and she was just like answer it put it on speakerphone because I'm gonna be your witness so I'm like okay so he is talking shit threatening that if I don't rescind my my statement to get him you know off of this charge that he's gonna make sure Sydney never gets to see you that he's gonna stop paying me child support make my life a living hell and financially ruin me and she heard all of it she even said gosh I know so much through all these years but hearing the manipulation hearing the way he speaks the way he believes the things he's saying she's like yeah I am just beyond mind blown like he is fucking crazy and you need to be careful and i'm scared for you but i have your back i just heard everything you just said i will testify for you and amber like we got this you need to protect sydney and oh my gosh it was crazy because that's exactly what happened like i said fuck you never happening i'm not backing down this is the truth i don't know what you're capable of and i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie like the f yeah. audacity that you're asking me to resend my statement and lie? Yeah. You threatened to kill me. As we mentioned before, many phone calls between Sydney and Ben got heated. The magnitude of what he did was really sinking into her little head, and she was upset, as she should be. Here is a clip from one of their monitored phone calls. Notice how Ben doesn't deny any of it. And instead, when she points out that he made her lie for him, he deflects to say that he buys her everything she wants and that lots of adults cheat with multiple people at the same time. Just a side note, before we play this clip, we thought long and hard about putting audio clips of Sydney in these episodes. And after much consideration, we felt that it was important to demonstrate the profound magnitude of Ben's actions on everybody involved, including his children. Now, Sydney loves her father as she should, but during this time in our story, she was hurt and angry at his actions. She is and will continue to go to therapy under professional guidance to unpack all of these emotions. AI has been used on the following audio. I treat you like crap. Okay, hold on. Let, let me see. What part that I buy you everything you want. Great job, Athena. Thank you. Let's find out later. You know. I've already found out enough. You have no idea about the squirrel. You're nine years old. Um, I'm 10. 
I know you think you know a lot, but you don't. Okay? You don't. People do that stuff quite often, Ashley. No, they don't. Oh my god. No, no, they don't. Okay. You were nine years old. You should not even be kidding about this. Oh my god. You not know about it. You're a leader. If I was supposed to know about it, why did you include me in it? Show me to all three of those women and then bring me in, and bring me into and bring those women into my life. Enough. Okay? Enough. Enough. Yeah, because you don't understand what you've done is horrible. Okay, you, you, you think I don't understand? I, I, I haven't yeah. seen you in five months. I lost my wife. Six okay? months. Yeah, you lost your wife because you lied to her. You chose this, Dad. While all of this was happening, Athena was able to get a hold of the mystery woman Sydney had previously told her about. Her name was Deanna. After a few days of sharing stories and getting to know each other, Deanna shared the awful things that Ben had done to her. And one day she reached out to tell me that she had decided that she would help me protect Sydney. And by doing so, she would write a declaration for me for family court against Ben. Deanna, too, was a mother, and she knew how important it was to keep our children protected. I was so grateful to her, and I admired her strength and bravery, especially after everything Ben had already done to her to destroy her life after she finally escaped his clutches. Ben had fooled her just like the rest of us. I've decided, you know, that Sydney is such a sweet girl and I'm going to do this for her. I have a child and as a mom, like, I know that's what's right. So I'm going to do this and I know this is going to be really hard, but I've been in my mind. I just said, are you sure? Never in a million years did I think what was going to happen was going to happen. I don't blame her for being afraid to like help me. And so the fact that she did, like I will forever be grateful to all, all of you women because he will um, come back and try to destroy your life. If you, if you retaliate, if you retaliate and we're not even, you're not even retaliating. If you just do what's right. Yeah. Um, Do what's right and say the truth. If it's something that doesn't look good on him or affects his like facade and his pride, like he will, punish you yeah the best as much as he can he will punish you within days amber avery deanna and i were officially each other's support group and these beautiful souls vowed to help me keep sydney safe and protected from her own father we jokingly referred to ourselves as charlie's angels i guess we really should have called ourselves sydney's angels because that is how I felt about each and every one of them. I knew that by helping me, they would all be putting themselves in harm's way. Yet still, each one of these women drafted up a detailed and factual statement of the things that they had witnessed, including their role in Ben's twisted love life and the encounters they had with Sydney. The overlap of multiple women in Sydney's life was mind-boggling and infuriating. The fact that Sydney was forced to hide all of these women from Amber and I fueled me even more to make sure I protected her from her sick father. It was like we all went through a horrible situation and we had this craziness in common 
And so we would talk every day, all day. Yes. You know what I mean? And we'd, we'd send each other um, quotes and memes that were funny or uplifting, like women empowerment, or we talk shit about um, Ben or people like Ben, like how dare he do this to us. And, um, but then it'd be followed up with, you know, the laughing and you got yeah. this. And we were just, we had each other's backs and we wanted to stay strong because we knew how manipulative he was. He could easily just have weaseled his way back in because he had done it to all of us multiple times and none of us could deny that. Yeah. So we tried to stay tight. We had over 300 documents, sheets of exhibits um, to give you and all yeah. of us together. We all had different forms of communication, different evidence really of what he's done. Honestly, you're always my numero uno and you are, I always say Jessica's the yin to my yang, and so are you, because Aww. you are so organized, and I know I've said this before, like, we have different types of fires that get our butts lit, I guess, you know, like, they light the fire to your butt, and, like, for yeah. some things, like, I'm like, I can't do it, it's too overwhelming, and then for you, you're like, I got this, and then and vice things, versa, yeah, and other things, you're like, I, yeah. I know, I can't, I can't, I'm frozen, can't. and I'm like, I got your back, like, fuck you, oh, totally. I got this. Charlie's Angels was born, and I think it actually said Charlie's Angels on the top of her, her little group, and it was fun, it, it, was it made fun. me laugh when I was me devastated, I and know. as much as, like, it was hard to hear the things that I was hearing, it still made me feel better we just I know like how I don't think we could have gotten through that period of time without each other and the camaraderie that we had and the laughs and there was a lot of seriousness like Ben had done a lot of awful things to all of us but he yeah. really was going after um you and Avery um financially and physically yeah. in a way like he was going after me financially too by not paying child support but the things that he was doing to Avery um yeah. Or then shutting off your electricity, things like that. Like we had each other's back, like, Hey, cause yeah. he will use, he will do what he needs to do to corny to try to get you to like need him. And so without needing him, we could be there for each other and be like, you don't yeah. need him. I will, I will help you. Thankfully with all the statements and evidence I had against Ben, he agreed to sign off on the new parenting plan and child support order. Thank you, Jesus. I finally had a legal order that forced Ben to seek the help he needed in order to see his daughter. Once I found out about her and then Avery and Anne, I laid everything out for Ben, knowing that we were going to court and said, you did all of these things with all of these women and they're all gonna write this down and what you did mm -hmm. how do, you know like you are a sick individual you need help this is all true like you did these things and he couldn't deny it he couldn't deny it and so he agreed to um sign off on the parenting plan um with this specific guideline of him seeking help in stages so that he could get Cindy back in his life but get the help he desperately needed and it was, right. should have been a win-win. While Athena had a new temporary parenting plan signed by Ben to protect Sydney, I was busy trying to finalize my divorce from him. I had this intense desire to find out more. 
All of the women shared what evidence they had and took turns looking into various avenues that might lead us to something new. My lawyer had requested Ben's financials and of course, he lied and gave fake documents that claimed he made no money. So that led me to look into the side business he had claimed he had. When I did a public search for it, up it popped. But it wasn't listed with Ben as the CEO, but rather his mother. I asked my lawyer, I said, can you please freeze all the bank accounts? Because I know he's going to move stuff and I don't trust him, but he didn't. He didn't. So instead he lets Ben turn in fake. They weren't fake. He just filled out with incorrect information. He basically took all the money out of his bank accounts and turned in like an empty bank account saying, I don't have any money. BS. Oh, No, I'm up to, and I don't even know how much debt I'm in yet at this point, (laughs) nor do I know he's embezzling money. I have zero idea. Thankfully had screenshots of his bank statements that he was like proving when he was like selling his database for millions of dollars. Yes. So I looked up Softnet. So Softnet was a company he told me about, he showed me money going into it at one point when I was still living in Kirkland. He's like, look, I sold this app that I made and they just put 60 grand in my account. And I, he showed it to me. I mean, I didn't even know to think about this stuff, nor like, why would I, you know, because I still to this day right now still have the Washington state registered business information because the dumbass put the company in my home address. I didn't even realize that you could like, when you get an LLC, it's public information up pops the business. And the first thing I see is not Ben's name as the CEO, but his mom, his mom who works for a, well, gosh, maybe we shouldn't say specifically, but in healthcare, not a CEO, never been to college. This, this is saying she's the CEO and principal and it has your address in Kirkland. So I'm thinking what he had opened several different LLCs. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was other, uh, like Audios was another one. Yeah. There was tech trend, tech trend IT. Tech, yes. Yes. So he had multiple LLCs that I had no idea about. Yeah. Then I go on LinkedIn. Well, first I find a webpage also for Softnet and it has his mom and her credentials. Like she went to U of W. That's right. That's right. She has a PhD, this, that, and the other. And then I go to the LinkedIn account. They're also saying his mom. LinkedIn, UW, or not UW, this was the UW, her, a fake email address, like this fake educational, like description and information. I'm like, yeah, okay. Barb has never left the city of Forks and she's a lovely, very lovely woman, but she does not even feel comfortable driving on a freeway. Like, yeah, I mean, he just totally used and abused his mom in this, uh, this bio. But I just knew he was shady and I knew his mom had no idea. Ben's tirade against me didn't end with just shutting off the utilities. He began harassing my divorce lawyer and threatening that if I don't stop slandering him, that he'll get a restraining order put out on me that would prohibit me from talking to Sydney ever again. It just doesn't feel like these stories could be real. It's a little bit embarrassing to even tell them these things. But once you're involved, your attorney got a taste of it. He 100% believed it. And I remember you forwarding me the emails going, okay, so uh, 
this is what I got from him. And he forged you like the things that Ben would send him. And we're just like, so embarrassing. Oh, it's so I embarrassing. Mean, first, I, first I'm like having to explain things to my landlord. And then my divorce attorney, he's basically saying, I'm going to sue her if she hasn't stopped slandering me. He was trying to push me up against a wall. So I would yeah. just sign the divorce without getting anything. That's right. And he basically was saying I was slandering him, that nothing was true. That, And I'm thinking, well, I have factual evidence for everything you've done. So it's not slander if it's the truth, dumbass. Oh, my gosh. The restraining order. So yeah. I'm just thinking, I just got a no contact order. You just threatened to kill Athena and Avery. And now you're trying to counter me and put a restraining order on me when I've done nothing. While Athena thought she had the upper hand with Ben, it didn't last long. Why? Because Benny Boy changed his mind about the new parenting plan. Let's hear what happened from Athena. A few weeks after Ben and I had signed our temporary parenting plan, I was notified by my attorney that he had appealed it. He was now stating that he was not in his right mind when he signed off on those legal documents. I could not believe my ears. How was this nightmare starting all over again? How could he say that he didn't mean to sign these legal documents and actually be heard by a judge again? This was absolutely insane. I crawled into bed that night and I cried in Chris's arms. I so desperately wanted all of this to be over with. I just wanted a normal life again for Sydney and for all of us. And I remember when he first tried to appeal it, the attorney or the judge said, I'm sorry, Ben, but what would this world be if people who signed very important legal documents a few weeks or a few months later go come back and say, oh, oops, I didn't mean to. She goes, where would that leave us? You know, and I just thought, yeah, go judge. And, um, but he appealed and appealed and it did not go well for me. And it was absolutely shocking and devastating. And I just thought, oh, they're not going to listen to him. Like, no, he's going to blink an eye. Like he signed off on this and he's crazy. And I have so much proof, like all the pages, the 300 plus pages that we had submitted. And, uh, but yet Ben is obsessed, obsessive. And he just appealed, 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 and he found any way he could to, to push through it. I got absolutely zero sleep that night because all I could think about was how was Ben able to appeal this in court and how I couldn't believe just how fucked up our legal system is. That night, laying there in bed, Chris wrapped his arms around me and he told me that no matter what we had to do, even if we had to sell our home, we would make sure that we had the money to pay for our attorney and we would make sure that Sydney was protected against that evil man. On February 27th, while working at my Kirkland studio, I received a phone call from the domestic violence advocate located at the Bothell Courthouse. I was expecting an update on how Ben's court proceedings had gone that afternoon, but I was wrong. The following is the actual live audio from that hearing. Mr. Brown Johnson um, said he was going to call the sponsor. I went outside and I did not see him. 
Your Honor, I'd request a warrant in the amount of $100,000. And Your Honor, I do have information for the court in terms of violation of pre-trial release, at least on cause number 34463. I have a photograph of him drinking alcohol. He's been contacting and intimidating witnesses. I'm very concerned about the safety of the victims. All right. Based on the record that the prosecutor has made, the court is extremely concerned of the substantial likelihood that the defendant will commit a violent crime in the community. It's also my understanding in reviewing everything that he was suicidal. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. And one of the factors in a domestic violence fatality is if somebody is suicidal and that it brings great concern to the court. Then also on the allegations, he's flagrantly not following the court's order. The court will impose a $100,000 bail on 34463. Based on the police report that I have read, I do find probable cause. I did also review the no contact order. I don't see any reference in the no contact order to a parenting plan. And I'm also noting the violation of his conditions of release from February 19th. And then also that there appears to be consumption of alcohol, as I stated previously, just the flagrant him not following the court order, I believe, whatsoever. And so the court will authorize the warrant in the amount of $50,000 for his arrest on cause number 34627 because the court is concerned that there is a substantial likelihood that the defendant will commit a violent crime in the community. As I stated previously, I am very concerned on his allegations that he is suicidal. And then also the allegations of him threatening to kill two of his previous wives. And also on the threat of intimidation or witness intimidation. And so that's why the court is authorizing the warrant in the amount of $50,000. So when that phone call came in, I was just expecting for, you know, an update. Yeah. But lo and behold, he fled the court, fled the courthouse. They call me at work. They say that Ben has fled the courthouse and that he, the police have been dispatched after him in the patrol car, in the patrol cars, and they are trying to find him, but they cannot find him yet. And so they're worried about my safety. I'm the closest that they next are going to be calling Avery. They knew that you were further away in another state. So I was the first, but also because, you know, they're fearful of Sydney and just what he was capable of. And so they'd also dispatched the police officer to her school and did a short-term lockdown until I got there. It was embarrassing. Can you imagine? I'm like, hey, I'm the one who married the psychopath. Like I'm here to get my child from the office. It's not a dentist appointment. It's just that her dad's threatening to kill us. So I mean, you know, I'll sign, I'll sign out on the clipboard now. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so then, yeah. And then my poor client, as they're telling me all this, I'm on speakerphone. And so she just sits up and she opens her eyes and she's not supposed to yet. And she's like, um, I need to go. Like we need to get her right now. Like she's afraid. Lock the door. I'm going to go out there and just make sure he's not already here. Because when I originally answered the phone, I had missed probably two or three phone calls before that. So I don't know 
like there had been time pa- time had passed before she finally gotten a hold of me. Okay. So I'm like, and we're so close to the courthouse. So she's like, let me go first. And then she sees his truck make a model. And I am so frightened. I, I don't think, I mean, my heart is beating fast and that um, fight or flight catching Ben and things or, um, when you're hearing things or the cheating and your just heart's pounding, but this was a different feeling. This was, this was so much fear. Like my life flashing before my eyes. Like I love my family. I want to see them again. And, um, my full front door to my company's glass and, and he hates me. And we all know this, like he blames everything on me, everything. And I, I just really honest to God at that moment thought he was going to come and kill me. He always said that he would rather die. He kill himself before he ever gets arrested, ever goes to jail. So the fact they were going to arrest him and he was blaming me for all of it. I just, I just felt like I was done. He was coming for me. It was comforting to have a group of women to lean on during this time, even though they happened to be my ex-husband's ex-wife and two ex-girlfriends. Very odd group indeed, but nonetheless, we continued talking and sharing everything. I vividly remember Deanna asking me privately one day if we could trust Avery. And without hesitation, I said, of course we can. Deanna was the only one that sensed something about Avery and was very hesitant. We all carried on daily and would encourage one another to get back out in the dating field. Immediately, Avery met a good-looking military guy and things heated up very quickly. We talked, we texted, we had each other's back, and um, we got to know each other well enough to when Avery, her her habits and texting and messaging and her time frames of responding to our stuff, it it's changed. So then here's Deanna coming in, helping and so helpful, risking a lot to help us, but being newer to our, our group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her saying things to both of us in a very serious way, like yeah. something's up. I can't, I don't feel like we should trust her. I don't feel like we should trust her. I and know. then eventually you start saying that to me and I kept defending her going, no, you guys, she would never, no, no. Yeah. I was the dummy. I was the dummy. <laughs> but I was dummy too up until like three days before. <laughs> so I was still defending her day off. So you were, you were, she's going to, you know, okay, oh. so let's back up. We are, like I said earlier, just talking. Okay. And what is the first thing that people say when they hear our story, right? That's a movie. That's a freaking movie. You can't make this shit up. You just can't can't make make this shit up. This shit up. So (laughs) as you can imagine, we start shit chatting and we are, it's very shit chatting or chit chatting. Chit chatting. Oh, I thought you said shit chatting, which I know I said, I, I sh- it could I be sh- another great phrase, like I think I, I think that's true. I think I meant to say I shit you not. We were chit chatting, <laughs> <laughs> so I slurred them together. But I love it. We like so going back to naturally, we are talking about this is a fucking movie. This is crazy. So as women, we're having a private group text, and we're going, "Oh my gosh, we need to write a book." This needs to be a movie. Who should play you in the movie? Innocent, right? Innocent. Yeah. Innocent. We For were, fun, just to like have some fun in this know, crazy life that we are living at the moment. Yes. Yeah. And we, of course, when you're venting and yeah. you just learn all this stuff about your husband, 
we're all talking a little smack. I vividly remember Avery saying, Amber, kill him in court. Take him for every penny he's worth. Oh, and for I'd sure. Be, and I would just laugh like, oh, ha, ha, yes, I will. Knowing full well, I will get what I'm legally entitled to. Like a normal person. I'm not expecting, I'm, you know what I mean? It's just or like once you finally like get yes. yours, like we're all going on vacation. We fucking need yes. it. We've been through the ringer again. That's not a horrible thing to say. We have been like, he's tortured the shit. Yes. Of all of us, if anybody walked in our shoes, they'd be like cheering us on. Like, yeah, like they would probably be creating a GoFundMe account for a vacation for us. Right. So all about the fact stuff. that Avery went on and on and on about how bad he was in bed. Right. Oh, oh my yes. God. She, I did yes. too. I, I was I was just like he's pretty like square, but she was like, "Is the worst, worst I've ever had." The worst, the worst. Yeah. Oh, she was. She ripped him all apart. But again, we were blowing off steam, talking a little smack. Very natural for after what you've gone through, all of us. Yeah. yeah um, and venting. these were private, private messages. And then, do you oh. remember um, right around that time frame, Avery had gotten on a dating yes. website as well, Bumble, I believe. Yes. And she had met that guy. And I think I got on Bumble and I was dating and we would send pictures. And I even think Deanna was dating too. And we would all send pictures of the guys that we were talking to on dating apps, you know, and, oh, he's cute. Oh, he looks like a nice guy. And we would encourage each other, like, you know, get back out there and it's good for you. And as soon as she met this Frank guy, I started feeling like, oh, something's very odd with her behavior. I mean, within a week of talking to this guy, she never met him in person. I think she talked to him on the phone. He was from a different country. She, he sent her like three pictures. The UK. Yes. He sent her three pictures. They were very odd pictures. He immediately starts love bombing her and saying, I want to marry you and let's buy a house together within a week, maybe two at the most. I started researching it because we just wanted to know more about it. We didn't think he did not exist. At first we were just like, let's learn more because Look what had happened to us. So we're like, let's make sure he's not a bad dude. And, and then yeah, because anything, nothing. No. And then I just thinking her behavior is very strange. She's talking about marrying this man she's never met. Oh my gosh. No wonder you just got yourself in trouble with Ben. Like you're falling for it. Like you didn't, maybe you need to step back. And so that's when we started Googling and we're like, oh, this is very strange. And I remember you text me going, Amber, did you notice in his picture? He's got like a little kid's bedspread. Yes. Is that weird? Yeah. yeah. Like thinking that's that's weird that's very weird and he's a really good I'm paranoid dude. after like ben and, yeah. and brad like i'm paranoid af and this is like this is like one in a million fairy tale could this really be happening to her because hmm, i don't know no, like, this is very strange so then too fast too perfect too perfect of a timing yeah and girls and remember she thought flag. remember she thought it could be ben tricking her yes and it wasn't it, it was a regular old catfisher but um, I happened to have my friend Shayna in town. Thank God and you, I was, Shana. we were just on the couch having wine. And I was telling her, I was like, I'm really concerned about Avery. I, I just, I don't know about this guy. She's talked to him on the phone though. Yeah. So he had a British accent and just, you know, it, that was true. Shayna was the one that said, well, let's, what, have, let me see his picture. And I sent her and she was like, uh, uh-uh, that, that's sketch. And she did the reverse search thing. I didn't even know about that at that yeah, time. I didn't know about it until you taught me too. Within five seconds, she shows me her phone. She's like, he's fake. I, I was like, she's going to be so upset. I don't even want to tell her. And I remember telling you first, I'm like, what do I do? Send it to me. And I was heartbroken. And I didn't want to embarrass her or hurt her. 
I felt awful, but I, I, I did. I let her know. And her reaction. We were, was, you know what? Do you remember you said, what should we do? And I said, we can't let this go on any longer. Casey tries to steal financial information. Yes. And so it was the right thing to do. It was just three days before Ben's pre-trial hearing, and during our normal group texts, Avery was especially quiet. We just chalked it up to just being disappointed about the guy she met on Bumble, but something deep down inside knew it was more than that. The day of the hearing, it was just as I suspected. Avery showed up on behalf of Ben. Stunned was the understatement of the century. His strategy shifted from terrorizing us to going for the weakest link. And at that moment, he knew she would take him back. He just found, again, that soft spot. And he yeah. just weaseled his way right back in. Yep. He showed her tickets to Cabo. <sighs> plane tickets to Cabo. He showed her a wedding ring. And he showed her that I tattooed this infinity, whatever the fuck it was. Um, you were always the one I wanted. I just had yeah. to figure out what I needed to do to get here and everything I did was for you and I left my wife for you and oh yeah complete garbage but he even confessed to me later that he that that was part of his strategy because he he told us both at my house he said he used her and it was wrong and yep he had a plan and he knew it was awful and I'm still going you guys we haven't heard from Avery this is really strange this is really strange and you, that day you were like, no, I think she just needs to take some time to herself. She's I know, fine. It'll be okay. And so I just dumb. knew Deanna just, probably was like, I freaking knew. And then I'm thinking, oh no, please don't be true. Please don't be true. And then the next thing I'm listening to the live recording. We're both live listening hearing. to the live hearing and we're shitting ourselves. Yeah. And the judge says, uh, or his lawyer says, yep. we'd like to bring up Ms. I forget her last name. Ms. Avery. Yeah. <laughs> um, We'd like to bring up Avery and she'd like to tell the, the court because we have some concerns over um, these ladies' real motivations, implying the text messages. Avery had given pages and pages and pages of private text messages to Ben to use against us. My heart. Uh, me too. Because Oh, I want to throw up right then and there. I want to throw up now thinking about it. I just remember going. The betrayal. I felt I just so backstabbed. I offered I to drive there out an hour and a half away or hour, like in the middle of traffic to search for her dogs. I offered to give her money. I defended her. I was such an idiot. That's how I felt. I was such a fool. Every chance that I had for every awful thing Ben had ever done to all of us. She, at that moment, I feel like she destroyed it for us. And I, I was, oh, I felt so stupid. She ultimately ruined you, uh, your parenting case. Yeah. She ruined oh God, yeah. a lot of court stuff. He used her as his ally and she did whatever he asked her to do. Yeah. Um, and one of his first things was to get her no contact lifted. So if he can at least get one of the three lifted, that's going to look better in his case. So he worked on her and she had a new shiny ring and she had a tattoo and she had a trip to Cabo. We had just spent hours and hours and hours collecting so much data and information for your parenting plan yeah. and your, your family court case. All of us women had come together for one second to be destroyed. All of it. I know. I put tigered the fuck out with yes. no remorse. The next day after court, I received a text from one of Avery's friends. 
Amber, you're not going to believe this, but Avery and Ben are in Arizona. How can that be? Ben has an ankle monitor on and he's not allowed to even leave this state. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. You're going to speak. I just need you to be at the um, microphone so it can get picked up. It's when I had made my initial statement, that was all based off of what Athena and Amber had told me. And I was just in a state of shock and confusion. I was super in shock, but then kind of, I was like, I should have seen that coming. This is not that shocking. I I saw that coming. I knew in my gut. Although I'd only known Avery a short amount of time, I allowed her in my life. Then I start questioning myself and feeling like I couldn't trust my own instincts. I couldn't believe that um, as a female that you would hurt and backstab other women. Where's where's the loyalty? Where's the camaraderie that we had formed? In my mind, I thought, was it all fake from the beginning? It made me think. I got right. paranoid. Like, was she on the side the whole time? Was she getting information from us? Um, So it was hard to swallow. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.